Wise words from the hills reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome. Thank you, because you're a wonderful Father, for a wonderful atmosphere of your grace and your power and your presence. Transport us from here to where you want us to be, O oh God. And every one of us who comes today will journey with you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. And all the people say, Amen. We've been doing this series on Acts. And how many of you know it's been mind-blowing so far? Really, really good. And God is at the out to be the church of the Acts of Apostles. The outworking of the church right now is what God is looking for. God is looking for a church that is that understands him and that's in step with the Ossetil. And that's the church we would like to be. Um, there's a time after being a pastor of a huge congregation, I woke up on Sunday morning and it was gone. I asked my senior pastor, what church should I go to? And he said to me, I think you just stay at home. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with myself. So I had my bedside baptized off somewhere, and then I stayed at home. So I became a bedside Baptist that day. You know how many of you are bedside Baptists? Bedside Baptist on Sunday morning. And it's a journey between coming out from that place, such fights. So I started asking God, why is your church so divided? And why is there such fights and such animosity? between churches one person believes this another person believes that and then this division and it was that time that God began to take me on a journey of learning what his church really is and God began to tears and that there is nothing wrong with my church I actually left for years and just thought the church was dead and like the church was useless and the men who were church because of this level of divisions and brokenness and the men who were supposed to be so highly respected, you can see their personal flaws. After getting a vision, one-on-one -on -one vision of this guy on national TV, okay, if these men who everybody fears and their voice thunders on national TV, you know, someone came from America and told us that in a particular ministry of Brandon Monopoly Women Minister, that there is Brandon Monopoly. So no other person is allowed to preach or anything at all. No other person is allowed to, you know, to do anything at all. It must be her name and her brand only. So the church is only puts to arise. Where's the place for many shepherds to arise? Where's the place for the floor to be open for everyone to come in? Where's the place for another generation to be trained for all of them to enter into what God has in store if they how they end one name so when you see some kind of ministries one of the reasons how they end respect is diversity one of those kind of ministries is better you go there for Chris Valentine you understand you may go there for the founder you may go there for someone else why because of the diversity there's diversity in the kingdom of God and God began to show me that there are other models and, and one of the ones I saw was Brian Houston and Hillsong. And pastors have been burnt out like places like the world. 
and how in the most difficult places in the world where pastors have been burnt out like place like Copenhagen that is maybe like 99% atheistic I will go and set up a church and the church will become thousands in a few months I began to see the diversity that everyone had ownership. And I hope that that's what the church in the book of Acts looked like. It was a church for everyone. And I hope that this church will be a church for everyone where after a while I doesn't need to be around or any one of us doesn't need to be around. Pastor Uche who preaches like awesome doesn't need to be around. And we can, we can have people waiting to preach, waiting to go to places. We can have people going outside, do awesome stuff for God and do many things for God. Like we can go out and launch for God, for ministries to come and blossom and incubate for a while and then go out and launch. We can be a place where whatever God has called you to do, you can actually word and be able to incubate and train yourself enough in the spirit in prayer in worship in the word and be able to go out and do what god so we can break that whole thing do you understand Nigerian church where it's only about a man the box stops with a man we can break it up and actually make this about christ and about god and the bible says that there's there's in some past with distilling this about the fivefold ministry when God said he has given some pastors some apostles and teachers evangelists pastors and teachers fivefold apostles the covenant finger fits. there will be some word fivefold ministry to build the church so if we were truthful there will be some here who are actually apostolic if we're truthful, there will be some people here, their own idea is to, is to see the things God wants to do. Is to act people are evangelistic, visualize what God wants to do. They are apostolic in their mindset. Some people are evangelistic. They just want to save souls. Oh my God, souls are just, I saw it uh, prophetic. I saw a vision. God was telling me that's their gift. And some all receive able to break the word of God down in such a way that we can all receive them and the Bible says these five were given for equipping the saints Ephesians chapter 4 11 okay let's read this together and he himself gave some to be apostles some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to, I like the next verse to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ I like the next verse that we should no more longer be children by the trickery and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting into him is the truth in love may we grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ the objective is to build a church that is grown up that is mature and everybody knows God what we're building around the world right now is not the kind of church where everybody knows God where everybody is mature where everybody can pray that's not your passport just around the pastor where if you need to travel you need to go and show the pastor your passport so the pastor can pray with you if you need to if you need the miracle you wait for the pastor to someone place where everyone is equipped someone called me the other day and said someone said to her she has the spirit of jasmine honestly i had to go like so occultic pastors are 
people different things. Do you understand? And they tell different kind of stories. Some of those words are accurate. I told you guys about my friend in New York who someone saw her and said to her, you went to Abuloma Girls. The white freaked out. Secondary school went to his Abuloma Girls and something happened. And so, so did. And the girl was freaked out. And then they says to her, give me a hundred dollars and I will read your future for you. She said, no, my future is good with the King of Kings. Right. She would have flipped and gone with it if it wasn't for the money. Because we know that we don't pay for God to give us revelation. But many people right now, their God is their belly. And the prophecies they give. So people are carried away by the trickery of men. And cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. What's this deceitful plotting? I told some people. And this story was about a witch doctor in Port Harcourt who gives money. Who collects money and gives miracles to pastors. So pastors go to this witch doctor to collect miracles. So if the pastor... Let's say there's somewhere I can say, I see someone, your bra is white. That kind of knowing something inside of you, that one is three million. So you pay the witch three million and the pastor can now what? See. They give you something, you bury it under the pulpit. So now, see our pulpit, so there's nothing here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Right. And then the other one, let's say you want to know what happened in people's lives and families and their stories, then it's five million. And then if you want to be able to tell the future and do miracles and heal people, that one is 12 million. What is that? Cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting. So someone will be living in sin. The pastor cannot tell them, my sister, this is not to judge you. Let's do redemption. So there's no redemption in the church. In fact, the church most times tried to save its name more than trying to redeem people. If a sister was found pregnant in the church, what would the church do? The church will try to put the person away privately. Meanwhile, something happened. There was a man. It wasn't just a woman, right? They constantly criminalized the women. There was a man involved. Is there redemption at all? Does anyone care whether these people are actually reconciled back to God rather than the consequences? We want to be that kind of church that gets it right. God said to share with my heart how a church can be right by him. How a church can get it right with redeeming people. With redeeming people. So I've had to do weddings on Saturdays when the church turned people down on Friday because it was bad for their PR. I just found out the lady was pregnant. But the church pushed them away. And guess who took them through repentance for the first time? It would be me. Guess who told them and they're crying like, God, I'm so disappointed in myself. And these people are absolutely repentant and broke what was like, ah, <laughs> consequence. But in reality, but nobody cared. All they cared for was like, ah, <laughs> our church, oh, like, okay, somebody died, committed suicide. Nobody wants to bury the person, right? So, <laughs> they, what they cared is like, oh my God, like, ah, it's a curse. Oh. Where is the redemption of God? So the church, 
We have to be that kind of church that reaches beyond to get the uttermost because this is how far Jesus came to get us. If you remember where Jesus came to take you from, you have to give it to other people. You have to give the same redemption to other people. You don't just have to look for the excuse that cares about your name. But you have to look for a place where you speak the truth in love. So that everyone will grow up into him in all things. That the equipping of the saints is for the church to grow up. Do you think that is something nice to have in a church? Yeah. Do you think that's a way a church should be? Yeah. Something redemptive. Acts chapter 10 verse 3 to 4. He had an open vision and saw the angel of God appear right in front of him, calling out his name, Cornelius. Startled, he was overcome with fear by the sight of the angel. And he asked, what do you want, Lord? So, this was the story of a man called Cornelius, who was an adjudicator for the empire of Rome. In Rome's heyday, this is what the courts of Rome looked like. It was in every bit a modern city around the entire world. Rome was so huge that the ruins of Rome stand up till today. And they normally ran colonies from this place about a legion. Every time they want to take on a territory, they send about a legion. A legion of soldiers. The idea was this. For God, the story around the centurion is, it belongs to this idea that in a new season, God begins to rearrange things. God begins to look for people. God begins to look for people and appoint them. God begins to unlock the supernatural. God begins to send angels who move over territories. God begins to take people who are going to be the start place. God begins to send dreams and visions. The story of the centurion was a story of a new time when God was beginning to do something different apart from what God used to do. And God began to send angels. God began to send dreams. God began to send visions. When God wants to work, this is God's strategy. He sends visions. He sends dreams. What else does he send? He sends a word. He sends men. And he behoves on men to be able to hold tight to the word of God in the time of change. So, he's a principal officer in the armies of ancient Rome. So, a centurion is a commander of a centurion, a small unit of a Roman legion. A legion is normally 6,000 soldiers, each divided by 10 cohorts, and each cohort containing six centuria. The centurion commanded about 100 men, and there were 60 centurions in a legion. So if the, if the Roman government wanted to take over a whole country, he sent 6,000 soldiers, a legion of them. And this legion is broken down into 10 cohorts. And then each of them has 10 centuria. And this is how they control. So a centurion, therefore, is a commander of 100 soldiers. So he would be the one who takes the town. So he's like the de facto authority figure in a town. 
So when we say the word centurion, you have to understand that word so you can see what kind of man he was. He was a soldier. So if you take it to today's army, he will be like a lieutenant. You know, a lieutenant kind of person. That's the highest person on the lower level rank, but he's not. He's the lowest officer. Right. Let's read from now together. We're going, it's going to be a long read. Are you ready? The angel said, All of your prayers and your generosity to the poor have ascended before God as an eternal offering. Now send some men to Joppa at once. Have them find a man named Simon the Rock, who is staying as a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. And after the angel left, Cornelius called for two of his servants and a trusted godly soldier who was his personal attache. He explained to them everything that has just happened and sent them off to Joppa. The next day around noon, as Cornelius' men were approaching Joppa, Peter went up to the flat roof of the house to pray. He was hungry and wanted to eat, but while lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance and entered into another realm. As the heavenly realm opened up, he saw something resembling a large linen tablecloth that descended from above, being let down to the earth by its four corners. And as it floated down, he saw that it held many kind of four-footed animals, reptiles, and wild birds. A voice said to him, Peter, go and prepare them to be eaten. Peter replied, There's no way I could do that, Lord, for I've never eaten anything forbidden or impure according to our Jewish laws. The voice spoke again, Nothing is unclean if God declares it to be clean. The vision was repeated three times. Then suddenly, the linen sheet was snatched up back into heaven. Peter was so stunned by the vision that he couldn't stop wondering about what it all meant. Meanwhile, Cornelius' men had learned where Peter was staying at the same moment, was outside the gate. They called out to those in the house, Is this where Simon the Rock is staying? As Peter was in deep thought, trying to interpret the vision, the Spirit said to him, Go downstairs now, for three men are looking for you. Don't hesitate to go with them because I have sent them. Peter went downstairs to the man and said, I believe I'm the one you're looking for. What brings you here? The next day, they arrived in Caesarea where Cornelius was waiting anxiously for them and had gathered together all of his relatives and close friends. The moment Peter walked in the door, Cornelius fell at his feet to worship him. But Peter pulled him up to his feet and said, Stand up. For I'm only a man, no different from you. They talked together and went inside, where Peter found a large gathering waiting to hear his words. Here's the account of Cornelius and the journey through which this man met God. There's a few things I want to take home about Cornelius. He lived in a time when Gentiles never received the gospel. There was a certain quality inside of him. One of them was that he was radical. He wasn't typical. He didn't just behave like a Roman centurion who is coming to enforce the government of Rome. 
because if you understand what centurions did they were an occupation army they were colonizers so i particularly remember going to caesarea and the roman aqueduct still being there and a huge amphitheater the size of almost the Colosseum in rome is there in israel today based on the government of he was so radical to be able to connect with a god who he didn't see who told him about god he wasn't even born again so that tells you that many people you see in the world today have a measure of god at work believers right like they're really tough like sometimes we feel like unbelievers you know some unbelievers right like they're really tough like bikers guys you know the bikers guys you see them like right like some of them have built muscles and all of those things so so you we sort of oh, strong and everything so you we sort of feel like when we see unbelievers especially these people are actually all anti-god we don't realize that in many times god already started working in many people and all we have to say is literally say the word and when we say the word that whole facade that whole strong outward exterior begins to shrivel because behind especially words birthed by the spirit because the holy spirit already went behind the scenes to work and some people who are even seen as drinking i went to a nightclub the other day yeah i did and the nightclub was telling me pastor don't uh, mind all these things that i hear my heart is really after god i'm on a job of transition i'm trying to change from this i have this killer app that once i launch this app i'm walking away from my nightclub you understand and then there was the place where the naked women sat there was the place where this was sat there's all it was a full-blown nightclub but i was preaching to the owner of the nightclub and he was kneeling down and say yes lord yes lord yes lord you guys get this that sometimes yeah we remember the other story we we're sharing as well sometimes some of these people unlock say the word unlock Cornelius was that kind of man who was so radical he reached beyond his peers in faith he wasn't sitting in his comfort zone of his sins he was looking for something more he was searching for something deeper and many times don't underestimate what you have and what you carry that you are the light of Christ you have something to give say I have something to give Cornelius was also a man in government like government is big day in a few weeks we're going to go to a national election he was a man in government these are the things that we have to remember that God had a mind to influence Caesarea and one of the ways he can do it and taking the leader of the government in the town and converting his heart the Bible only gives one one and a half chapters of the story of Cornelius chapter 10 and chapter 11 of the book of Acts we don't know what he did at great words there are stories about the fact that he actually became 
a controller of a he grew and became a controller of a legion of Rome that went to Ethiopia and that he also very instrumental in preaching the word of God in a wide region what God had in mind was someone in government do you understand so many of us keep calling politics unclean but can you be a man in government can you go into the realms of political office and influence something can you be God's hand can you ally with people who are trying to do right can you build something around government next thing that was very common about about this guy was that he gave arms how many of you remember this picture remember this photo right this little boy two year old at the time he was found his name is now hope she named him hope this danish woman went into a village in the in the east of nigeria and this boy had been abandoned to die as a witch a two-year-old boy called a witch and and she took him look at the boy just a few months later just take a look at the hair take a look at the hair if you see this woman walking on the road what will come to your mind pimp do you understand see her tattoos is that not what we see first But she's a redeemer. I wish she knew Christ. There was a sure she knew Christ. But these are the people who God delights. When you touch the poor, the Bible says, He who gives to the poor lends to the Lord. There is the fractured concept of, of aid, global aid. It's been deemed a failure. Because when save the children or or VSO or any of these international NGOs come to work they use a lot of the money to settle their office in a plush part of town they use a lot of the donor funds to make their office comfortable and their employees get big jumbo pay then very little of the money goes to the projects itself as a result the UK government is pumping money for 20 years for education, but we don't really see that level of education in Nigeria. The US government is donating millions and millions. So people like Dambisa Moyo wrote, yeah, Dead Aid, a book called De Dead Aid, like aid itself, the concept of aid is dead. Because man by nature, who is not regenerated by the Spirit of God cannot, cannot sustain giving to someone else. It, he will always give that which benefits himself. I'm sorry that when I preach sometimes, I think I come from a different place. I'm not sure this was what you were expecting. But I wish I need your brains. I need your brains. I need your intelligence to go along on this journey. Because God is very intelligent. Think about God who created the universe. He's not dull at all. I need you guys to think, to raise your brain, to not just slam on your seat. I need your brain. And when your brain is connected, I can tell that you're hearing what I'm saying. Guess what? An unbeliever cannot save anyone. Anyone who doesn't know God will do charity, but it is not enough. Anyone who doesn't understand the power of God will touch people, but what he does will never be transformative until 
the concept of redemption of man came from God and the person buys the redemption of God. But God knows the people who are kind-hearted. Are you kind-hearted this morning? Are you minded for redemption this morning? I don't think you have to have millions of dollars before you can do this. Actually, can I ask you, there's a security guard in your house. When was the last time you gave him a plate of food? This guy was known for giving alms. He gave alms. Cornelius was a god of liberality. Can you imagine this man kept giving until God woke him up at night and said, Oh, Mr. Cornelius, what do you want? To save you. He was a man of charity. He had something on his inside that kept on giving and giving until God like, no, 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 this guy, I have to save him. I have to save him. I have to save him. What kind of person are you? And you know, like we treat our nannies so bad. Some of us, we treat our nannies so bad. And you like, say something like, I, I paid you, I paid you. You, the person, I remember having one guy who used to work with me. And I was living in VGC. One day I came back. I said, Pastor, you know, pastoral things. I used to walk until 2 a.m. sometimes. One day I came back around 2 a.m. And it was raining. And this guy came out with his boxers, run into the gate. Run into the gate and said, welcome, sir. Do you know, tears filled my eyes. Like this is a whole human being. Waking up for me at 2 a.m. Do you guys get this? How can I pay for such a thing? How can I pay a human being to be a... How much will I pay you to be awake at 2 a.m. to receive me outside? That is a human being created in the image and the likeness of God. God wants us to feel. I don't know whether you guys are getting this message. Are you getting? God wants us to what? Feel. God wants us to feel compassion. God wants us to know that people are infirm. God wants us to know that He wants us to carry His grace out to the uttermost parts of the earth. This was what Cornelius was. So Cornelius is not a man, therefore, is a principle in the spirit of a particular kind of people that we can also buy into this principle and he will come like Cornelius. He gave arms. He gave arms. Then he was also a man of prayer. Like, what was he praying about? If he wasn't born again, if he didn't know God, what was he praying? What was he really praying? you guys get this? So, can I tell you that it's not actually about what you pray for. Do you know some of us, I've been hearing this message sometimes like, oh, pray. If you don't tell God what you want, if you don't tell God it's a red car, God will not know you want a red car. So be specific about what you want. I understand the fact that if you, if you don't specify what you want, you will not remember. But if we're dealing with God, who knows all things? Who knows bigger than what you need? Who when you pray, you, the Bible says we don't know what to pray for as we ought. Do you know that Adam and Eve were still alive when a man began to press into God? Do you know that they were cut off from the garden and cut from fellowship with God when one man began to press into God? Enoch, the seventh man from Adam, began to have a relationship with God. He began to press into his spiritual place. He began to hear heaven. He began to have divine encounters with God. Meanwhile, his great-grandfather was alive. 
and they were all dead in their trespasses and their sins. Fellowship man before redemption, before salvation, Enoch began to have the fellowship with the Spirit of God. And in the evening, Enoch will come. Early in the morning, Enoch will come. I don't know what Enoch was saying to God. Maybe it will be a song like, Come to worship you. Can you imagine what it was like when you appear before God and say the one you love has come to worship you? Lord, I'm not perfect, but you love me. Lord, I don't do everything you want, but you love me. Lord, I'm a broken guy, but you love me. Lord, I'm an injured woman. I have many demons, but you love me. You love me. The one you love has come to give you thanks. Give you thanks. A man of prayer. I want to teach you this morning how to idle a prayer. This idle mode of prayer. This is how you turn on the car. Whoop, and then it goes. It's the idle mode of prayer. When the Bible says pray without ceasing. That prayer, you can pray in the office. You can pray in the kitchen. You can pray when you're going everywhere. It's the idle mode of prayer. Can you guys get your microphones? Let's do this together. I want you guys to be people of prayer. Cornelius was a man of prayer. How much more those of us who know God. If we can idle in prayer. If we can continuously say heaven says to pray without ceasing. If we can continually connect to heaven, if we can continually be in that realm where God is, how much grace are we going to find? So sometimes let's pray in the spirit. Let's pray in the spirit. Close your eyes so you don't distract it. We declare who you are over us. We declare your heavenly life. We declare the grace of God in our realm. We open up the realm of the spiritual over us, O God, in place of Yahweh. In the name of Jesus. Guess what? If we do that for an hour, guess what? The whole atmosphere will change. Do you understand why? But sometimes also our prayer is warfare. It's warfare. In warfare, we are commanding, we are declaring, we are saying. So can you try warfare prayer, especially over Nigeria? That Lord takes over this land from the north to the south. Declare it. Let's try it. Open your mouth. Lord, take over this land. Take over. Fight your enemies. God, declare your glory. What is man that you have? What is man that begin to turn against you when you begin to move? What is the son of man that will stand against you when you begin to move? Take over the land. Take over this place. Take over the land. We give you Poria. This is your realm. This is the realm of glory. The realm of your power. Pour out your grace and pour out your life. That we may be your people indeed. Let the life of heaven flow into us, O oh God. We take authority over the land. In the name of Jesus.
Jesus. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and be lifted up ye everlasting doors. And let the King of glory come in. Let the Lord come into his dwelling place. Let the Lord reign over the nation. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And then some new times your prayer is just idle. Just small, just under is muted. Misado Stamahanda. Let's try that. Leak is a high. Let's start. Nindi so libre high. Ninka sarabo libra. No stama, no stama. Igaro sta libra de stama. Bahindu sali tomuninka sura. Mindi salabre. Mindi Lord God, I give you my spirit. Take my heart, oh God. Make it yours, I give it to you. Take my mind and my soul. I offer it down to you, oh God. Occupy every space in my heart. In the name of Jesus. I love you, my God, with all my heart, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Cornelius was a man of prayer. Are you a man of prayer? Is there incense on your altar? Every waking up moment, he will pray. Every night, unlocked, pray. And he who did not know God, got the spirit realm unlocked to him because he understood the way of the spirit he caused angels to begin to move angels came to him and said to him oh Cornelius favored man your prayer has been heard your arms given has been received before God send to Joppa send for a man who will upgrade you send for a man who will bring you into all that God has prepared for you Hallelujah. A few more thoughts before we go this morning about Cornelius. Prejudice. We live in a world where, especially in Nigeria, we are still very tribalistic. So the houses were more fun and games, especially when the comedians are doing it. But some other time, we actually do look down honestly on each other. And that thing destroys more than anything else it doesn't beautify our relationships some of us god has helped us to be totally detribalized de because in the larger scheme of nigeria our tribe is nothing so we can't be hausa we can't be yoruba all my delta people are you in the house uh, yeah. <laughs> so we can't be any of the big tribes so we're a little detribalized and God has injected us, scattered us all around Nigeria. Small, small tribes with one local government or half a local government and everything. A lot of apologizing to do to each other as a nation. And if you lived abroad, you've seen this race war and seen how black and white take on each other. Asians, Arabians, Pakistanis. I remember meeting in Dubai once I met a guy entire province in the Peshawar province of Pakistan and the guy said that their entire problem is India that we Pakistani are very honest 
But Indians, you can never trust them. If you tell them one thing, they're going to change the goalpost. See that even in the past, there's a little prejudice. Do you understand? We can actually become prejudiced against people. And whatever we have against an entire race is mostly wrong. Because individuals are still individuals. It was a new time. God was thinking about adding and uniting people, Gentiles and Jews, sitting together in the house of God. Because the first people who were sent were the Jews. But then the Jews began to lose it. And Gentiles now needed to what? Come in as well. Jewish in the earth. So people will say, come, let us go up the mountain of the Lord. For he will teach us his ways. God was looking for a holy tribe he was going to use to teach the earth. And that's what the church is today. After a while, the church begins to treat itself as exclusive. Not remembering that there were Jews who were exclusive before the church. We should be arms open to the world. Do you understand? So in conclusion, there are four things I want you to take away from Cornelius. Number one, he was a man of prayer. Number two, he gave arms. Number three, he didn't stay within his comfort zone. Number four, he was the activator of a new time. So I don't want to go into the stories because you know the story. Simon the Tanner, I took it a long time showing the video, so you know the story went to the house of Cornelius, prayed for him and his family. They all were filled with the Holy Spirit. But that's not the idea. The idea is actually like Cornelius becomes an icon for us to be men and women of prayer. You understand? I want us to even, for example, I want us to do something this week. And I want to invite two people to come to the front right now and speak about what we're going to do this week. First of all, uh, peace. You want to come and share what God has been talking to you about. Praise the Lord. Um, okay, so um, sometime in November, thereabout, I I had a dream, and prior to this, um, God has been speaking to me about war. You know, um, I joined this um, awesome treasures foundation run by um, Jamaica Denowo. So early last year, sometime in April, she called for a prayer meeting, and then she was particular about Nigeria that we need to pray for Nigeria. So we prayed and we left. Then in October, she called that like it was very urgent that we should come. And when we got to the prayer meeting, she started talking about revelation she's had about war in Nigeria, and it was serious and. She remembers when she was a child and her parents experienced war and that we cannot afford to go to war in Nigeria. So we need to pray against it. But her spirit is telling her that it's inevitable. But we just need to pray. So we prayed. And I just, you know, prayed, joined the prayer for like about four hours. We just prayed and then left. Then sometime in October on Saturday afternoon, I, I was studying the word and I slept off. And then I now had this dream and I was, in, I was on the street. I just looked into the sky and then I saw there was a lot of activities, a lot of flying, a lot of shooting. And I didn't understand. And I looked around, I saw my friend. Saw one of my friends. I was telling him, see, 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 see. But he couldn't see. And it was almost like he was being distracted. And I looked around. There was nobody I could point to. And I looked. 
there was a lot of shooting and it wasn't like it was physical it was more or less like it was spiritual and i heard a voice tell me and say to me the war has begun and i was like what does this mean so and then it was like it's already started in the spirit and it's going to what's going on and the next thing i saw myself i was standing someplace and i saw joss I saw a stadium, I didn't even know just had a stadium. I saw a large stadium and there was a major activity going on, like a major event. A lot of politicians were there and all of a sudden there was a bomb blast and it killed everybody. It killed about 90% of the people there. And I now saw like a carcass and they were mostly nothingness and they were angry at the bomb blast and they felt like it was a, a certain different thing tribe in Nigeria that instigated it so they just decided okay that they were going to bomb different places in Nigeria so they just sat down they were doing any mini money more and as they did that we just hear bomb blasting in Enugu boom and you know before you knew it like in within in less than 24 hours about six or eight cities in Nigeria bomb blast that went off in New York were bombed and I just stood and I was really particular about my state because there was a bomb blast that went off in New York and I was like my parents are in New York, my siblings are in New York, I was just standing, I was just crying like God what does this mean? So there was serious chaos and I woke up and I was scared and I just started praying and like God what are you saying and then he just said to me this walk the rest of Nigeria that would... and the northerners felt like it was the fault of the rest of Nigeria that were ganging up against them and they just decided to bomb. They didn't care. They weren't specific. They can just wake up today and say, it's Abia were bombing. Bah. It's Cross River were bombing. It's River State were bombing. So, you know, and I shared with Pastor Mo and we prayed up going on. Like, especially this election period that God really needs us to pray about Nigeria. There's a lot going on that we don't know that's beyond the surface. And this battle has started already in the spirit. There's been a lot of fighting. I've shared previous dreams with Pastor Mo about people at me seeing like a portal opening and different entities coming out with sword with matched with guns with bows and arrows this is a very very sensitive i shared it with pastor so i just believe that god wants us to pray this is a very very sensitive period especially considering considering that our um, election is coming up in a matter of weeks so i just believe that that's what god wants us to do praise god mano Good morning, everyone. Um, so on Sunday, last Sunday night, m Monday morning, I had a dream. I had two dreams actually, but you know, one was personal, and the first one was um, like I was in a war zone, and so I was like an onlooker warfare, basically, and so it was like a ground battle. So soldiers, you know, guns, modern warfare, basically, and so just shooting. I was just looking, at what's going on? You know, I was, people were dying, soldiers were dying, you know. Uh, people were trying to be brought up and things like that and then i just heard a voice that said the church is at war and then i woke up um uh, a friend of mine had a vision and it was like a spirit of violence was running around nigeria trying to look for a place to come out so he went to the south they, they stopped it he went to the north it was stopped and they found open space in the middle belt of Nigeria and it came out, it was like this huge dragon that went miles into the sky and came out of the middle belt. That was before 
some of the violence erupted in the Middle Belt. So there are lots of visions that have gone up about Nigeria. And if you're following the news day before yesterday, I think the Chief Justice of Nigeria was removed. That means that the executive more or less just took the judiciary and put it in his own pocket. The antecedents of that is not good at all. I can't just say we should come to church and just do church and go back. We have to pray about this. And I want us to do more than just saying a few words of prayer. I want us to actually take a half, a, a half day fast tomorrow. If you can, at least until one o'clock. Just spend some time in the heels. Man will help us set up a Zoom account group. We're going to put it on the on the heels on the heels group. So if you're not connected to us on the heels group, please join in so that you can get the link to the Zoom prayer uh, group. We're going to just do 30 minutes, 6 to 6.30 tomorrow morning, 9 to 9.30. Is that okay? Just 30 minutes in the morning. You can break your fast by yourself, but at 9 p.m. again, we'll do two Zooms tomorrow. 30 minutes exactly. We'll start at, at 6 o'clock exactly. 6.30, we're done. 9 p.m. exactly. At 9.30, we're done. Is that okay? Can we do that? Can we do an hour tomorrow? Can you also, on your time, just idle in the spirit. Cornelius was a man who stayed in the region of impact. I pray that none of you will be impactless with your life in the name of Jesus. God has blessed you already and God shared with me that 2019 was going to come and go. I don't believe that do you understand? So we're not praying from the platform of defeat. I don't believe that this nation will break up into war this year. I don't believe. If we believe it then we don't need to pray. Then obviously this is what God wants we cannot fight what God wants but if God reveals these things to us he reveals this to us that we can what stop the hands of violence we rise up with the grace of God and and cut off the spirit of violence in the name of Jesus Christ because if you look into heaven I keep saying this God is not saying oh the earth the earth is disobedience they have lost the earth no God knows what he's going to do over the earth it is as surely as I live, my glory shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So we don't live in fear. We don't live in anything. We live with the grace and the glory of God. Do you understand? Can we spend a moment praying for Nigeria? Just hold somebody's hand. Let your glory be upon us, O God. Father, pour out your glory upon Nigeria. Remember your children. Remember those who were hurt. Remember the sacrifice of many people who have died to give us a nation. Remember your word, the birth. Remember the black race, that they have no nation to call their own. The black race are dispossessed around the world. They are broken. They have no place. Oh, that you grant us to be the people, a bastion for all black people everywhere. Oh, that you will grant us the grace to renovate ourselves. That you will cause a nation from the ground up that will bring glory to you. Oh, that you will cause men and women to arise in centers of power that matter, oh God. We pray for our leaders. We pray for those you are sending forth. We pray for those you are activating in 2019. That you give them a place, oh God. I pray that those who plot in their vain plots, that you catch them in their plotting, oh God. And those who have evil in their mind, oh God, that you judge evil on the land, oh God. And bring a reign of prosperity and grace over your land, oh God. That this land will be prosperous again. That this land will be full of plenty. And this law leaders are 
true leaders will step up to the plate, oh God, with courage, oh God, and dislodge the people who have taken this nation as a ransom for themselves, oh God. Lord, send forth real men and women, oh God, who honor you and who fear you, oh God. Father, raise up new sons and daughters of righteousness. Raise up men you prepared with knowledge, with wisdom, with economy, with strategy, with power, with mindset, with freedom, with liberty. Men who can ensure egalitarian rule. Yes, equity, oh God, in the land. Men who can bring about freedom, oh God. Freedom and liberty, oh God. Yes, and increase prosperity in the land. True kings who can increase prosperity in the land. Thank you, Lord God. We bless you. We worship you. Minosi la tumri nama zintali kasate mahaya. Yes, we're full of your glory. We're not full of fear. We're full of your power, oh God. And we thank you, oh Lord, our God. We bless you. We worship you. We worship you, oh God. We honor you, our King. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with great power. How God anointed Jesus Christ. Jesus is the chain breaker. And Jesus is at work in your life today. So lay your hands on yourself and say, I am anointed. So I am divinely positioned. To make impact so I go forth into this week with the grace of God with the anointing of Jesus Christ like Jesus I am anointed say say it again like Jesus I am anointed to open praise liberty those to destroy captivity to set at liberty those who are bruised say to set at liberty those who are bruised Say, I have come to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I bring liberty inside of me. I have the power of the Holy One inside of me. I am a freedom bringer. And I declare the freedom of Yahweh everywhere I go. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And all the people said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.